G'day guys, welcome back to Beers and Breakevens, brought to you by Bloke in a Bar, myself and Timmy and Denon, we will be at the Locker Room Hotel tomorrow, Wednesday at around 5pm to do a live show, following our show will be Denon Kemp and the Hello Sport Boys getting up on stage, so if you're out at Origin 1, make sure you come to the Locker Room Hotel, I highly advise uh, you get there early, because I think it's going to pack out very, very quickly. Uh, joining me once again, we are only doing audio this week, no YouTube, so we're actually going via Zoom here instead of by the studio. Uh, it's been a while since I've seen you, Timmy. Oh, I've missed you, mate. What's doing? I know, mate. Uh, yeah, fresh from a bit of a, a spell last week and back into it. Fair income. Like, we both had good weeks, which I'll get to in a minute. I, I spent my last week having chased you all season in your rank. I finally nabbed you last week by, like, I think it was five ranking spots or something. I looked into this week, looked at my origin prep, sorry, my buy prep and how good it was and how far ahead I thought it was as you. You messaged me Sunday afternoon asking how I was tracking and let me know how you were going. And I've gone, bug me, he's going to jump me again. <laughs> Mate, you've still got bragging rights. Mate, you Canberra Raiders fans, you love to live in the past, don't you? It's all about the 90s or last week. It's all about the now on this show, mate. Mate, I can live in the future too. The Raiders will be the Premiers this year after, what, three from the last four? <laughs> so what, I'm more confident that you're going to run me down than the Raiders are going to take out the Prem yeah. this year. So I'm going to enjoy it whilst I can. But, mate, fuck, round 13, it felt like we were preparing for that for 13 weeks. And uh, if I don't say so myself, I think we nailed it just quietly. I scored 1,280, a uh, very good score. That got me into rank 82 overall so into the top 100 you had a cracking week as well where are you sitting what did you score yeah mate got through it uh, pretty well all the all the planning uh paid off so 11.42 points into 217th overall so i think we're we're more than right in the hunt for the top gong at the moment and pretty well set up for 17 as well with a, a few trades in hand a few boosts as well so yeah mate i, I think we're a sniff well, mate, that, that's a big thing. I was talking to the NRL physio the other day, and I think he's sitting about 35th overall or something. So he's in the top 100. I think he's got 12 trades left. And a lot of the people I talk to, a lot of them are sub-15 trades that are in that top 500 or so. So I believe we're both sitting with 18. I know I've got 18. Have, have you got that many as well? I've got 18, mate, and three boosts left. But to be honest, with, with my forward planning and looking ahead to particularly the next four or five weeks and how many trades I'll have left post-round 17, there's every chance that I have a boost left at the end of the season, um, which is wasn't something I sort of anticipated. But if, if I max trade between now and sort of round 17 using two of my three boosts, I can't really see myself doing another boost post round 17 just because trades will be so scarce. So again, we'll reassess that in about a month's time, but that's the way it's looking at the moment. Mate, to, to be honest with you, I was having a look at it last night. I, I you know, I, I think that I'm going to finish with one too. I'm, I'm not even sure if I'm going to use... Uh, I think I'm only going to use one boost on round 17. I'm, I'm not sure if I'm going to use one in between. I'll, uh, I'll see how I go. But, mate, the, the boosts, they've been fantastic if you've used them properly. I kind of feel like there's a lot of people out there that I speak to that have used a lot of them early, and maybe they've used them when they didn't need to realistically. And I, I'm starting to think it might be less is more with the boost, uh, depending. It's like just, just seeing how people have gone. What What, what are your thoughts on that? I've had two sort of, and it's it's hard because it, it's a new concept in Supercoats. It's been obviously introduced this year. My two early thoughts on it from the, the start of the season were, A, that I wanted to save them for the buy period, which I've done, and B, that obviously every team's different. And just not to force boost, which I think a lot of people have done, it's one of them things where you go, shit, there's a third trade that I have to make and I really need it this week. Sweet, I've got the boost. It's not a luxury. It's like, 
it's a gift that we've been given to use when required. And people have gone a little bit trigger happy on it. And some people might have had those weeks early in the year where they said, I need this third trade because a bloke's about to make 200K and I need Munster and Green or whatever it might be. Uh, whereas others, you know, might have got their cheapies right at the start of the season and haven't had that issue. So I said, it's every different for everyone. But yeah, the, the approach to use them up over Origin uh, is paying off at this stage, but we'll see how that goes by end of season. Mate, it's so funny. So some of the conversations I've had in my DMs this week have been some blokes messaging me saying, hey, I'm in the top 100. I've got heaps of trades left. And I go, how many you got? And they say 14. And in my head, I go, <laughs> that's not a heap. And then I speak to other guys and I say, oh, they say oh, I'm, I'm a little bit worried. I don't know how many trades left. I say, how many you got? And some of them are saying 19. And I'm going, fuck, you are flying. Well, I mean, ideally, how many trades do you, would you like to have at this point? Do you feel like we've got enough as it stands right now? Yeah, so obviously we're on 18 at the moment, and I think that's probably marginally above average. I, I'm only thinking off the top of my head and, and having have had a bit of a look around, but I reckon a lot would have 16 or 17 probably in the bank, as, as you mentioned. A few would be less, a few would be more, but 18 I'm very happy with. Uh, my plan is to use probably 10 or 11 trades between now and round 17, which for the run home would leave me about seven or eight trades. Uh, which is not a lot, but you know, my I notoriously take a long game approach to Supercoach with planning for depth and sort of avoiding nuffs as much as possible and trying to upgrade cheapies rather than get rid of sort of borderline keepers to give myself a strong 25. And the fact that I might be a little bit light on for trades come, say, around 18, I'm hoping that'll be made up for by the fact that I'll have sort of close to 25 players who are all very playable in my 17 each week. Yeah, mate, I just I just like, oh, I want to point out to people as well that, you know, for, for, for all the shit talking I've done that I, I'm in front of Tim <laughs> and the rankings and everything, yeah, mate, no. it really is this next 12 weeks where I think your knowledge is going to be absolutely crucial where you're going to pay your rent. So hopefully I can keep my ranking up there. But uh, I'll tell you what, I'm, I'm glad that I've got you in the back pocket for this last few weeks because it really is make or break. I feel like... Uh, I feel like up to this point, the difference between, you know, me and 80 and probably someone in about 5,000 has been a bit of luck either way, depending on who you went, who got picked for origin, injuries and whatnot, little gambles that we took here and there. But from now on, I mean, every trade is just going to be fucking crucial, isn't it? It is, mate. And it's, uh, it's, it's about not, I mean, you never want to waste trades, but in the first, the opening stage of the season, particularly this year when we were given the extra five trades, you could get away with a little bit of a frivolous trade here or there, but because we have so many trades to make up for any stuff-ups, now that we're getting less and less, more scarce on trades, we're not really going to have uh, the amount of trades left to to fix those screw-ups. So, you know, with around about 18 left, you know, mate, we've got a few more weeks of that, but when 17 becomes the last buy-around and, and, and key planning for that, as soon as that finishes, post that, any screw-ups in your trades, and you're going to find it very difficult to get bludges out of your team, basically. Oh, mate, if I was one of these people with 12 or 13 trades, I would be shitting myself. Yeah, mate, that's uh, I'm very happy not to be in that boat. But, yeah, thankfully, I think we're placed all right. But as we know, Supergoats can change pretty quickly. And, mate, an example of that is uh, two weeks ago, I was ranked. I dropped down to about 23, 2,400 overall into 217th this week. So when people sort of sit there and say, you know, I'm 4,000th or 5,000th, you know, am I too far away now? Should I be focusing on head-to-head? Well, it really doesn't take that much to jump up very quickly. Uh, we're halfway through the season. There's still a lot of time left. So if you are around that four or 5,000 mark, while there's a bit of a gap to, to bridge still, it's, it's not out of the question. 
Well, mate, take me, for example. I mean, I fell out of the top 1,000 last week. Who would have possibly seen that coming, you know? Yeah, exactly right. It, um, it chops and changes <laughs> rapidly. I hope we're having the same conversation in a month's time or five weeks' time, post-17, but, mate, we'll see. Fingers crossed. Mate, uh, let's have a look at the beers and break-evens group, which, by the way, guys, is officially closed now. Myself and Timmy, we've taken some screenshots of the top 1,000 or so there. So we'll be keeping a very close eye on that to make sure that whoever wins it uh, is in the comp as it stands right now. So that one is closed. And, mate, I have a look at the top 20 in our comp now. They are all in the top 100. So we've got uh, a fifth of the top 100 that are in our beers and break-evens group, which is unreal. I'm one of them. I'm 16th out of those 20th and ranked 82. So happy with that. But... Mate, the big news, Alex, the bearded clams, he has been on an absolute tear the last few weeks. He's into rank number two overall yes. in Supercoach. He is, I think I worked it out yesterday, I think he's six points off the lead. So the bearded clams, Alex, I haven't actually heard from you yet. Reach out, please, brother. Reach out to myself or Timmy. Let us know you're there. Um, mate, he could be collecting a pretty sweet 52K in a few weeks' time. Yeah, he'd be starting to get a little bit nervous, the old clam. So it's uh, mate, that that's the big goal for that group. I think if we can jag a top spot, it'd be a massive win for the beers and and break evens community. So hopefully we can get him home, and some one of us takes out the top gong. In second place, we've got Daniela. Congratulations to her, sixteenth overall. Third, uh, Hugo. He's twenty first overall. Fourth. Porch Light, Sammy's back in action, 22 overall. Obviously, did some good round 13 planning. And Jacob, who is 26th overall and fifth in our group. They are going very, very well there in the old uh, beers and break-evens group. So best of luck to all of them. And just a reminder, as we said, uh, we have closed that group off. Uh, so we know who everyone who is relevant at the moment that can win it. Uh, we'll be well aware at the back end. Whoever does take it home, we'll be checking your name along with what we've got at the moment. Mate, should we dive into these team lists around 14? Mate, let's hook into it. All right. So Friday night, no Thursday night game this week. We've got the Friday night game. The North Queensland Cowboys taking on the St. George Illawarra Dragons. Supercoach wise, mate, uh, the Cowboys, they're probably the talk of the town. On the extended bench, uh, we've got Tommy Dearden. We've got Ruben Cotter, Val Holmes, Jeremiah Nanai. Uh, Dearden, he's obviously 18th man. So, I mean, you'd have to assume that he will play in this game. Ruben Cotter, he's an interesting one, depending how many minutes he plays. But it should also be noted that his wife is due to give birth any day now. And uh, they've accepted that if that baby is born over the next 48 hours, he will miss the birth for state of origin. Mate, he must have a kajillion brownie points locked away in the swag if he manages to play origin and then play it for the Cowboys on the weekend. I am just about ruling Ruben Cotter out now. What are your thoughts? Mate, Rubes has uh, he's banked some serious points there, hasn't he? Because that's huge from his wife or partner. I don't know what the setup there is, but massive from him and really big for Supercoach as well, mate, because they play the first game uh, after Origin, obviously, this week, which you'd think the fact that he's starting in Origin also suggests he'll probably play pretty decent minutes there. So even if he does play this week, it'll be... I would envision it would be off the bench with the amount of depth the Cowboys have in the forwards there. And then post-round 17, the Cowboys are also the first game up uh, on the, I believe it's the Friday night. It might even be the Thursday night. So you'd have to think he plays reduced minutes there as well. I'm not an owner. I was planning on jumping on last week if he missed Origin, but I don't know if you've got him, but you've got to be pretty tempted to sell, don't you? 
Yeah, mate, I don't have him, and this has been the sole reason why I don't have him. All of my mates jumped on about eight weeks ago. They've all done very well for themselves, but, mate, I really do think this guy could be a bit of a nightmare over the next few weeks. I think even when he does play, he'll play reduced minutes. I think we spoke about it last week that we kind of agreed that we'd uh, we'd both sell him. Um, yeah, with a new baby on the way, Origin, the way that he plays, starting in 13, I just don't think I could hold him over this period, and I'm hoping that you and me can get him pretty cheap uh, come around 18, 19. Yeah, that's it, and it's a really difficult one because I do think he's a keeper and someone that he's someone that will want for the run home from about round eighteen. But he's also not going to be sort of a must-have from that point or round nineteen, I should say, because of that quick backup. So, uh, look, last week was definitely time to, the time to sell him. If you do it this week, you know I don't mind it either. But I would, I'd probably have him on the chopping block. If your name's uh, Matty Buxton and you've got another 30 trades, maybe then you can have a look at it. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's a tough one. What about Val Holmes, mate? Obviously playing in the centres. Uh, it's the short turnaround in this game. Val Holmes, um, there might be a few people out there with him as a, as a pot option. Do you think that he backs up? <clears throat> yeah, put it this way. I think most of the – barring knocks in origin, I expect any one to sevens to back up uh, in pretty well every game of the weekend. Uh, out of the forward pack, origin contingent, it'll really come down to how many minutes they play, of course, on top of how they get through it. Um, the Sunday games, and there's even Monday footy coming up this week, they, they'll have a pretty good turnaround. So as long as those players get through it okay, I expect them to back up. The big watches, I think, will probably be the Friday and Saturday games, uh, the forwards from those games. They're the ones who are a massive chance of getting rest. And when we look at sort of Cotter as well, if the Cowboys were sitting ninth or 10th or 12th or whatever, they'd be quite desperate to get him to play and get the points on the ball. But because they're going so well, they don't need to, to play in big minutes and, and rush him back if he gets battered and bruised two nights earlier. Yeah, for sure, mate. I agree. And when I have a look at that Dragons lineup, um, Benny Hunt, Tariq Sims, um, I don't think either of them is overly relevant as far as uh, Supercoach goes. I'm not expecting Tariq Sims to probably back up. Benny Hunt, he, he might be a little bit too important to this team to rest realistically, but I don't think either of these will overly influence anyone's uh, super coach sides, right? No, I don't think so, mate. There's Benny. Benny's got a bit of DTE about him in that he'll really want to back up uh, for this one, being such an integral part of that Dragon side. Uh, and uh, look, despite the fact that, and just touching on, we'll also obviously shift our focus a lot from our round 13 team, uh, relevant teams to round 17 now. The Dragons are one of them. There's not a heap of Supergoats interest there. Zachy Lomax, I'm sure we'll touch on a bit more down the track and one to keep a bit of an eye on. The one this week is probably Michael Mollo, who's bottom dollar. Uh, a lot of people are jumping on him, but I see a few red flags in that one made a, a little Trent Peoples-esque. He's got a break even of neg 36, 175K. He scored a try in 46 minutes in his first game for 69 points, backed it up with 29 points in only 20 minutes with 29 in base, which is awesome. But, you know, he looks like he'll probably play at best a bench role for the Dragons and bank these 20, 30 pointers. And I just, look, I could be wrong, but I, I'm not real keen on it. I managed to dodge the likes of Peoples, Burbo, and a couple of other of these ones who look similar. So uh, I'm going to stick to my guns and I think I'll avoid him. Mate, I think all you have to do with Michael Molo is scroll down a few spots and you see Josh Maguire, Jaden Seward, Josh Kerr. Um, I, th I think he's on borrowed time, realistically. Yeah, exactly right, mate. All right, let's move to the 
Saturday afternoon game. We've got the Gold Coast Titans and the South Sydney Rabbitohs. Uh, obviously, the Titans, they played in round 13. I mean, mate, we sort of had the red Sharpie through this team as it was. Um, are we doubling down on that or what? We are, mate. There's no super coach interest there. The only the only bit of relevance there is Bo Fermor, who he's done a good job for, for owners. He's been, you know, probably a little bit up and down, but consistent enough. Uh, break even 95. So for anyone that still owns him, he's still at 500K. So there's plenty of value there, but trying to move on Fermor. And outside of him, you know, there's bugger all super coach interest for me until uh, David Rafiti gets back into action. Mate, as for the South Sydney Rabbitohs, they are a team that will feature in round 17. I know that myself, uh, I'll be looking at your boy, Campbell Graham, uh, over the next few weeks. It's sort of him and Zach Lomax that I'm looking at, but obviously Campbell Graham, he's the standout there. You've obviously got your Cody Walkers, these sort of guys. But as far as round 13 goes, Damian Cook and Cam Murray, uh, I mean, will these guys back up? I noticed that they've named Peter Mamazellis uh, on the bench there. So that would sort of say to me that Cook either won't play or will play limited minutes. Uh, Cam Murray, I mean, he already had an injury going into this, but they played him against the Tigers. So God knows, they, they, they might back him up here. What's your read on these guys? I think Cookie will back up, uh, provided he gets through Origin okay. It's a three-day turnaround, so it's pretty quick. But he's another one who is very fit bugger, Cookie, and he does tend to back up each year. The fact that uh, Mamazoulos, uh, I don't know if I can pronounce that correctly, but it has been named on the bench suggests that he won't play 80. Cook and I wouldn't expect him to, but... As we mentioned before, with ladder positions being so vital, if the Bunnies were sitting in top four, maybe they would rest Cook and Murray and these guys, but they're battling for a top eight spot and need wins. So these guys, provided they're good to go, are going to want to back up. Murray's a little bit different because he's had a few niggling injuries and spent some time on the sidelines, but I think the rest of their origin contingent, I do see them them backing up. Well, I mean, it's only, it's only Cook and Murray now, isn't it? You know, Jairo's not there. Um, yeah, a bit of a funny one. No Cody Walker. So, yeah, but they, they are one of the more relevant teams leading into round 17. Mate, if they do look to give uh, Mamazellas some minutes over the next few weeks, we could get uh, Damien Cook at a pretty juicy price in a couple of weeks. It's a really good shout. And the, the hooking spot, having done a bit of analysis looking forward to 17 now. It's going to be really interesting for the run home on the fact that, you know, a lot might sell Cook over this period. Heaps have sold Harry Grant. A lot own guys like Reese Robson, Appy Coruscant. Lots are going to Cam McInnes this week, Brayley to a less degree. Uh, who's that? Brandon Smith is one. So the hooking spot's been blown wide open. And, and while the run home, the two you'd probably want is definitely Harry Grant and maybe Cook. Uh, as trades get lesser and less, it, it's going to be interesting to see which of those players ends up being a hold to maybe partner Harry Grant. Yeah, I'm sort of leaning towards trading for Cam McInnes this week. I just see him uh, as a keeper long term. I, I think, mate, I said it to you in the first few weeks, I've been very off Cam McInnes that I was worried that Dale Finucane would take minutes off him. Uh, Dale obviously hasn't played the last few weeks, but even when Dale has played, Cam is still knocked out. He's, you know, 60 odd minutes. So he's the guy that I'm probably looking to move to this week. Yeah, and he's pretty safe, isn't he? He's, he's a bit of a base stat beast, McInnes. The minutes should be there, I think. Uh, they've got a fair bit of depth in the pack, the Sharkies, but a lot of them aren't probably big-minute players. We'll see what happens when Dale gets back, but I, I do think he's locked into a, sort of at least a 65-minute role there, so you know, no no knock on anyone going that way. Yeah, plenty enough time there for Cam McInnes. Let's move to the 5.30 game on Saturday, the Chooks and the Melbourne Storm. Uh, a stack of guys backing up here, obviously, for the Roosters. 
Mate, I'm sort of expecting most of these guys to play. There probably isn't as many as there normally is, to be fair. I'm expecting Teddy to back up, mate. Um, just a, a true professional. Obviously, they've got Joey Marner there who can step in and do a fantastic job. But, I mean, the Roosters, they're sitting in seventh place. They're without Jar- Jared Rhea Hargraves. He hasn't been named once again. I'm not sure if they can afford to rest uh, their, their origin guys, especially considering it is only Teddy and Lindsay Collins. Are you expecting them to back up? Yeah, I, I do expect them to back up. Daniel Tupu, obviously the other one there, and, and I see him backing mm. up. Um, mate, quick shout out, Joey Manu on the weekend. What, 31 runs, 17 tackle breaks, six effective offloads. He had 50-plus in base. That was one of the all-time Supercoach performances for a bloke who had, I think, one try assist. Yeah, incredible. Um, yeah, so, hey, Joey, what a weapon. And I suppose the, the bonus, I mean, I own Teddy, so I hope Teddy does back up. That being said, it's against Melbourne, so not an ideal game. But if Teddy doesn't back up, it'll mean Manu goes back to fullback, which is awesome for him. And probably not this week against Melbourne, but anytime Manu plays fullback, he is just such an outrageous uh, skipper option. The other one there, which is big on the, the lips of super coaches, is Joseph Suwali. A lot of us obviously own and he's one of these borderline guys that you go, all right, could hold him uh, for the rest of the season. Play him as a fifth center wing based on matchup. I am a little on the fence with him, so I'll get your thoughts. Just he's four hundred k, so there's probably not as much value uh, as we'd ideally want. The Roosters play the Storm, Eels, and Panthers in the next three weeks into the bye. They've also got a pretty tough draw post Origin as well after a couple of easy games. So, what are you planning on doing with Suwali, mate? No, I'm not planning on keeping him, mate. I don't think I'll sell him this week, uh, but I think I will sell him over the next few weeks. I'm really hesitant to make any hugely rash moves uh, before round 17. I want to do it as close to round 17 as I can. I think that's where I got a big advantage uh, heading into round 13. So uh, even if it means that maybe I lose a a bit of money on him over the next few weeks, I'm going to sell him in probably two weeks' time. I think that there's... There's him and a few other guys that I'll talk about as we go that I think will be my four guys that I'll move on probably in round 17. But no, I'm not looking at him at a lo- as a long-term keeper, mate. Um, without tries, he's a little bit too close to a 20 or 30-point performance for me. Yeah, and I don't mind that at all. And you talk about the fact that you're going to hold a couple of rounds and then look to use more of your trades closer to round 17. And I'm fully with that as well. So I'm planning on using at least one, but probably two boosts uh, prior to round 17. I'll be using those round 16 and 17, barring anything obscure happening and desperation to need that third trade, just because the closer you get to round 17 to make these trades and use your, your third and fourth trades, etc., cetera, uh, is the less chance of blokes getting injured, you know, a sneaky origin call up, all these sorts of things. So if you can save them for the back of that, uh, definitely the go. Nat Butch is the other one, mate, who... Uh, He's been terrific since bringing him in. I think he's made me about 120K since bringing him in three weeks ago. Did not get the minutes on the weekend. You might know. I don't know if he was pulled after a missed tackle for a try there or what happened, but uh, he's one who is definitely not a keeper and can be moved on in the next few weeks. He doesn't miss too many tackles, but fuck, when he misses them, (laughs) they always directly lead to tries, isn't it? He does not pick the right time. He picks them. And, I mean, I felt sorry for him in that one because – Takiyahu was called offside at second marker, and that yeah. was just brilliant. Eyes up there by by Wolford. But once again, not a good look on Butcher. Let's move uh, to the Melbourne Storm, mate. Uh, Cam Munster, he's one that, I mean, it'd be great if he does back up. If he doesn't, I mean, I think it hurts just about everyone, doesn't it? 
Exactly right. It's it's almost one of the ones that are irrelevant. We'll, we'll get uh, Adam DeRussi's stats on true player ownership this week, but I think last time I saw him from last week's article, he was close to 100% owned by by the top-ranked top sides in Supercoach. So a bit of an irrelevant one there. And the other one, Harry Grant's been named to start, but coming off his injury niggles, he'll play you know 50 to 60 minutes in origin. Uh, I fully expect, if not to get rested, uh, for him to play off the bench with Brandon Smith starting. Yeah, we've got a question about Harry Grant a little bit later, so uh, we'll keep him up our sleeve because he is obviously a very interesting one where you can free up a lot of cash, so we'll get to him soon. Uh, Mate, is there anyone else on this Melbourne Storm team list you want to talk about? Obviously, Felice Cafusi, we'll wait to see if he backs up, but not overly relevant to us realistically. The only one is Jerome Hughes, who's averaging 70, and I really, really want to own him, and it gets Mm. to this point every year where you want him, but I had a bit of a play around with my side today and looked at, I just don't think I can fit him in anywhere. So I've currently got in my halves, Hines and Cleary with Cody and Cam Munster at 5'8". Fullback, I've got Teddy and Suwali. Suwali, who I can switch into the centres um, and might do this week. But a bloke we'll get to later, but Ezra Mam, who is probably going to have to come in this week after being named. That'll probably mean Nico Hines goes down to fullback to allow Mam to come in at halfback. And, mate, I just don't know where I can fit Jerome Hughes in or if there's any other 5'8s and halves, even fullbacks, aiming for round 17. I don't think I've got a spot for them. Mate, it's getting a bit like that. It's just a jigsaw. I'll tell you what, thank fuck Nico Hines' is dual position. Could you imagine if he wasn't this year? Him switching between halfback and fullback has been so valuable, and I get the idea it's only going to get better and better for us. Oh, mate, for sure. Uh, mate, let's move to the 7.30 game on Saturday. We've got the Brisbane Broncos taking on the Canberra Raiders. Now, you just mentioned that name, Ezra Mam, at six. Um, this is delicious, isn't it? It is. It is very delicious. I'm just – I'm so concerned with it. I'm not concerned with it, but – I'm so focused on the next four weeks bringing blokes in who are playing round 17. Obviously, being a very overall focused player, like like a lot of us are, but a lot of us are you know head to head folks as well. But I just I want all my plays trades between now and then to be round 17 players. And Mam has a break even of neg 108, so he takes the field. He earns a ton of cash this week. He's obviously been picked this week uh, ahead of Gamble. So look. I don't think you can ignore him with a one, neg 108 break. If it was neg 50 or 60, I'd be like, you know what? Stuff it. I'll cop the money loss and, and avoid it. But with that, I don't know if you can, can you? Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm I'm seriously, seriously looking at Ezra Mam. The beauty that well, the beauty of Ezra Mam for me is that I could move uh drink water to fullback and I could sell uh Reese Walsh. I could cut ties with him now, and that would sort of be my money for um, for Ryan Pappenhausen as soon as he returns. So that's where it gets appealing to me. The only thing I worry about with Tyson Gamble, and I, I don't know if you've got any information on it, but fuck, it's odd for him. Like, he's not in the 22 yeah. that's been named here, is he? So, I mean, are we sure that he's replaced him or is there maybe an injury there? I don't know. I just – but part of me also says, fuck, once Ezra Mann gets an opportunity to play with Adam Reynolds, I'm not sure if he doesn't lock himself into that six jersey realistically. It makes it so hard, and I reckon you're going to have to get into your mate Kempy's ear to get some word on this because NRL.com's <laughs> NRL.com's got Gamble out with a low with lower leg soreness, which God knows what that means or how severe it is, but lower leg soreness. 
mate, that's that's not too severe, is it? So, uh, so I basically we just need to know: has he won this spot on merit, or is it because Gamble's out with that? It sounds like, I mean, the Broncos didn't play last week, so Gamble. It sounds like he's been. He's not in the as you said. He's not in the twenty-four man squad. Um, so you, you don't. Regardless, man will make good money, but we really do want him for seventeen. Yeah, for sure. I'm just having a look through some of the Queensland Cup teams to see. I, he he hasn't been named there either. So you would have to think that NRL dot uh, com that injury there is on the money. It's a gamble, but I, I think it's just because uh, mate. I, I think it's something we have to talk about too. That you need to just find money for Ryan Pappenhausen, don't you? And that's the thing. It's a good point. Like I, I'll keep saying more and more frequently as we get deeper into the season that I'm I'm willing to forego these really good looking cheapies and and brush that money making opportunity. Um, but at the same time, like when you're getting a bloke in at 175k, it's freeing up so much money to spend elsewhere. So not only is he going to make you you know anywhere from 150 to like three, four hundred K, he's also freeing up that cash, as you said, to get a Ryan Pappenhausen in a couple of weeks when he's going to be a must have. And continuing on with this Brisbane Broncos side, uh Katoni Stag, Selwyn Cobbo, uh, they'll be backing up as well a couple of forwards, you know, Payne Haas, Paddy Carrigan, uh Flegler's in the squad as well, whether he plays or not. Uh, I'm probably expecting the outside backs to play in this one, as you've said a few times. Payne Haas, mate, um neither of us have owned him the entire season and we copped a bit of stick at the start of the season. But, <laughs> mate, the longer this season goes, the more confident I feel with that call. It's looking a bit better and better, isn't it? And he's another one that, again, I've said it a few times already, but if the Broncos were outside the eight or, you know, fighting for the eight and doing poorly, it'd be like hassle back up and play big minutes because he's done it year in, year out for the Broncos because they've been struggling. But because they're doing so well and all these blokes playing in his absence at different times have been terrific, like they don't really need to push him. So the way I would see it, while even if he is bad and Bruce, he's more than capable of backing up in 65 minutes, he just won't have to, particularly with, you mentioned Tommy Flegler on the bench, who's a weapon and can play big time. I I can see Huss coming off the bench and, you know, playing a, maybe a 40-minute role. So he's another one that, look, I wouldn't sell because I, I do think you want him probably long-term, but he could be a sit outside your 17 this week should he be named on your bench come game day. Mate, I especially think that seeing as they've pulled Kurt Cable out of this side, he's not in it altogether. They're obviously going to rest him off the back mm. of this. Uh, they've got Paddy Carrigan, who's going to come off off the bench for Queensland, and then they've got Flegler in the extended that they've named there. I personally think that Haas, he has to play a little less minutes here, so I'm I'm very confident that uh, we've made the right decision with him. And fuck, we could get a pretty cheap Payne Haas come uh, round 18, round 19, around that mark. Mate, you're getting me more and more excited with every word at the moment. These these post round eighteen cheapy buys, and yeah, I, I think you're right there. And it, last week was obviously the time to sell Haas. Uh, would you sell him this week? As I said, probably not. But uh, food for thought for for owners of him, and there's a lot of them. Now, mate, uh, we'll move to this Canberra Raiders side. The only one, obviously, you got Jack White and you got Josh Papali'i there too. Uh, personally, I'm hoping they rest. Uh, Big Papa as a Joey Tapanay owner, he went fucking berserk last week. Dual position, which was fantastic. But I'm sitting here now going, is he just a keeper to the back end? What, what are your thoughts on Joey? Yeah, that dual second row, front row status makes it interesting because front row forward is pretty weak this year, particularly with uh, all those reasons we just mentioned with Payne Haas. Obviously, IPAP should be one of them for you. Tamalolo came back with an absolute bang last week. 
anyone that sold him on the fact that he may be out for round 13, lunatics. Um, thankfully, he came back, Not to be fair, not that anyone predicted him to do what he did in round 13 where he was just huge. But uh, back to Joey Taps, yeah, look, I think, I think he probably is. In this form, you can't sell him. He's averaged 63 minutes the part, sorry, not 63, about 58 minutes the last three weeks, which is well up on his season average so far. So he's just, he's busting tackles, he offloads, he's got attacking abilities like far more than most other front rowers in the game. The way he's scoring, yeah, I think you just lock him in at least until round 17. If we see his minutes drop off sort of before that buy in round 17 coming and you think, oh, there's better options, you can sell him. But uh, in his form, hold strong. Mate, surely leading into round 17 with uh, Josh Papali'i playing Origin and stuff, I can't see his minutes dropping off there. And mate, the thing that fills me with confidence is that the Raiders, they're genuinely playing for a top eight spot now and they're going to be playing for a top eight spot until round 25. I don't think Joey Tapanay has any choice but to really fucking aim up this year. Yeah, that's it. And, and the, the issue with the Raiders pack all year, Supergoats Wise, has just been the depth is ridiculous. Like they, They've had blokes like Hudson Young, Corey Hawiranaya, Ryan Sutton, who are, who are genuine starting NRL players, dropped to New South Wales Cup at different periods. So that's been my worry. But Taps has shown that he doesn't need big minutes to score well. Like He scored well in 45, 50 minutes at times. Now that he's playing 55 to 60 minutes, it's just an added bonus. So yeah, no, he's, he's good to go. Now, mate, what on earth do we make of the hooker rotation there? I am so glad that this hasn't impacted me in any way, shape, or form. Uh, but, uh, I mean, Zach Wolford, I was so confident that he was going to be a 30-minute guy three weeks ago. Mate, he's the man in Canberra now. Yeah, what in the world is going on? It's like I, I don't even necessarily agree with Wolford uh, outplaying the minutes of Tommy Starling, but... The Raiders are getting results uh, in the two weeks that he's done it. So it's like, you know, you can't argue with Ricky Stewart when he's winning games of footy, can you? So he's played 48 minutes last week, 56 the week before for scores of 50 and 30. Um, Still only 226K, but, you know, not that you'd be buying now that that round 13's passed. But, yeah, anyone's guess what, what Ricky's plan there is going forward. Yeah, I'll tell you what, I, the, when, when there was a lot of people moving to him, I thought they were mad, but fuck, it might turn out all right with him just as far as the cash that you get to free up elsewhere. And fuck, he, he's connecting well with, with with that entire pack, isn't he? Yeah, he is. And um, condolences to poor old Tommy Starling owners there. They've been burned a little bit by that one because Tommy wasn't even playing bad footy. It just has not worked out for them at all. Mate, our, our good mate Steve, I remember he, he drafted him this year and I remember sort of thinking, fuck, if something happens to Hodgson, he's going to be such a weapon. Mm. Um, Hodgson did get injured. I thought, fuck, Steve's got a gun here, mate. Somehow he's got worse without Hodgson. Yeah, and it's, as I said, through no fault of his own. I think the foot he's played has been fine. Uh, I think that 60-minute role suits him so well and hasn't even been like a big-name signing or anything that's come in and taken minutes off him. It's little-known Zachy Wolford. So, anyway, good, good luck to him. And as long as the Raiders are winning, I don't really care what Ricky does to him. Well, mate, speaking of the Raiders winning, uh, you know, they'll obviously need Jackie Whiten back. Uh, well, I mean, they've done pretty well without him, to be fair. Not that he's overly super coach relevant, but do you see him backing up? Yeah, he will, mate. Tough as nails, Jackie. He'll be right to go come Saturday, barring any uh, serious knocks in origin, and, and he'll be good to go for the raids. Mate, let's move to Sunday afternoon, 2 p.m. The West Tigers, who have dumped their coach uh, four days after a bye, which is a strange decision <laughs> to say the least. Uh, but very, very West Tigers there, weirdly consistent. Um, <laughs> we're hearing that 
Noddy will take over there. Brett Kamali over the next few weeks. Tigers, <laughs> I don't know. I just I can't really look at anyone in this side. Are we are we red sharping this team too? Yeah, they're a bit of a Titans of round thirteen. The Tigers of round seventeen. In that you just until they show any form prior to round seventeen, you can't go anywhere near them. David Nofaluma was dropped previously, along with some concussion issues. So. Noffa is the only bloke I'd half have an eye on, but the Tigers would really need to show something between now and round 17. Uh, Adam Dewey's back at some point, but he'll be fresh off an ACL. So uh, unless something changes significantly, I won't be going near any of them. Mate, the only one that I like is a bit of a gamble and, you know, assuming that he's playing on the right edge is Luciano Lelua. He can be up and down, but he also can just be so destructive. And we know that when the Tigers have been at their best, um, it's when they've got Hastings, Brooks, Nofaluma, and they're going down that right edge. So he's really the only guy that I would consider over the next few weeks, but I'm pretty confident there's going to be better options out there. The SC Playbook Podcast has teamed up with proud sponsors Pat and George from Mortgage Choice Sutherland, Cronulla and Wollongong this season. The boys are experts in all types of home, commercial and car loans. So whether you're a local or living interstate and looking to purchase your first ever home or chase the last rate for your refinance, give them a call on 9521 1611 today and mention SC Playbook for your free tailored expert advice session. Let's move to the Manly Seagulls, mate. Um, obviously, DCE, I think he will back up in this one. I don't think the Manly Seagulls have any choice uh, but to force him to back up in this game. Ola Kawatu in the back row, he was an absolute monster last weekend. Mate, I've been shocked how low his ownership is. I I actually spoke to you on the phone the other day uh, about him. Um, there was a, a, a suggestion on your podcast about him being a captain, and, and I, I thought it was blatantly obvious. I thought his ownership was much higher than what it is. He is a monster. What's his ownership at? It's low. It's like oh, I don't have it in front of me, but I remember thinking. I remember thinking. I think it was. I think he, his VC was something like three percent or something last week. I couldn't believe it. So he's fourteen percent according to the Supercoach site. I'll get up ads of stats from last week and have a have a look at his true ownership because mate, he's, he's playing. You and me jumped on from about round two or three. You sort of tooting our own horns there a little bit, but he's been fantastic, hasn't he? Obviously. Went off early in that game, but, uh, mate, he's such a good buy. I, I don't know. So here we go. He's 34% owned in the top 100. This is prior okay. to last week. So I, I yeah. anticipate this would have jumped. Um, but if we're talking about like Adam's stats article and, and how more accurate it is, 14% on the actual site, that's post round 13 where people would have brought him in. Prior to round 13, he was owned by 34% of the top 100, 31 of the top 1,000. Uh, and all the way down to 26% of the top 20,000. So it shows how skewed that the stats on the official side are. Oh, for sure. Mate, I enjoyed having Adam on so much last week. What a champion. He's a great fella, Ads, and he's uh, very generous with his time. Uh, really good fella. Very, very switched on, obviously. And, mate, uh, he knows his way around data, doesn't he? <laughs> mate, no doubt about it. Uh, mate, with this Manly Seagull side, one name that is interesting, Joshy Schuster. I know people brought him in last week. And, mate, I, to be honest with you, I was seriously considering bringing him in uh, against the Warriors there. I just thought he could have exploded. Uh, he scored a try. He was everywhere. And I think he scored 42 points or something. Pretty disappointing. Now to see him move to the bench, if you went him last week, what a kick in the dick for you. Yeah, I mean, imagine saying he'd play 80 minutes, score a try, and get 40-odd points in that one. So it's a bit of a funny one. Um, so named on the bench again, obviously teams have come out come out pretty fresh. But look, oh, 
I don't know. I, I expect him to start, if not this week, the next week in place of Andrew Davey. Now that he's got, is it one or two games? He's got a couple of games, three games back from injury. So, yeah, um, yeah look, frustrating for owners. But the main thing is he did get through 80 minutes unscathed. And, and I think there's every chance he starts this week. Mate, in saying that, fuck, Davey's been playing some good footy. I'm not convinced that Schuster plays 80 minutes over the next few weeks, to be honest with you. Yeah, right. And is, is that, do you think, just uh, them going, all right, we're finding a little bit of form. There's no need to – he's already had injuries this season. He's still a young young body. We don't need to force him into 80 and we can get some enough effectiveness out of him in, in 50 or 60. Oh, I think so, mate. And I, I personally don't think, just from watching him on the weekend, like obviously he, he was playing six and he was enjoying himself. But I think in the back row where he has to make a few more tackles – I don't think at the moment he's got 80 minutes in the back row in him, to be honest with you. Yeah, and on Andrew Davey, who's obviously allowing Desi to, to play him off the bench, Schuster, Davey has been a favourite. Super coaches know this more than most because we we followed Andrew Davey's a cheapie the last couple of years. Every time he's fit and ready to go, he starts for Manly. Desi just loves him there, and the club obviously love him. He just keeps getting injured and something goes wrong, but... Uh, so, yeah, not ideal for Schuster owners, but Andrew Davey, you know, good luck to him. And, and for his sake, let's hope he stays fit. Well, mate, it wasn't that long ago that I was sitting there watching Andrew Davey at Parramatta going, he's out playing Ryan Madison at yeah. Sean Lane. Yeah, he's a weapon. He's very talented. Mate, anyone else from the Manly Seagulls you want to touch on there? Just on cells more than anything, now that they've yeah. played their round 13 and that. Uh, it's Cooler and Tui Pilotto who... Tui Pilotu, his break-even is pretty high now. So he he is on the chopping block. He's done a great job. Unfortunately, he didn't deliver in round 13, sort of when people needed him with 17 points. Bit of a bludger there. Uh, break-even of 86, 446K. Decent matchup this week against the Tigers. So I think he can be moved on either this week or next. If Tommy Turbo was fit and playing again this season... I think he would be a hold as a fifth centre wing to play based on matchup, but he's just not going to get those attacking stats without Turbo. So I think he's a sell. And Cooler, Cooler's one who we mentioned on, on the Bloke podcast yesterday, hasn't scored a try this season. He's, and I think he's had two try assists. So he's actually pumping out like okay base of 25 and break even of 26. I'm getting, He's one of them blokes that I'm happy to sell maybe around 16 or 17 ideally and just hope that he can get some attack in there for another round of cash generation, but one that I do think has to go before round 17. Mate, it is bizarre with him that he hasn't scored a try. I mean, over the last six weeks, he, ha- he hasn't scored below 29, but he hasn't scored over 46 either. I mean, he's becoming a bit of a pain in, a pain in the ass for me. I just, I'm so confident that we're going to get to round 17 and we're going to plan to sell him and all of a sudden he's going to score a double yeah. and we're going to have to give away a heap of fucking cash there. Yeah, for sure, mate. But as I said, at this time of year, happy to forego a little bit of cash. But hopefully, if you can put on even, on a, oh, even another 50 to sort of 80K for us, it'd be nice, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would be an unreal get there. All right, mate, let's move to the Sunday 405 game. We've got the Newcastle Knights taking on the Penrith Panthers. Um, Newcastle, another side that will feature in round 17. Uh, mate, the only guy that I'm really looking at here is David Clemmer, probably. Uh, have you got your eyes on, on anyone from this side? No, it's another Tigers sort of setup where I do have more faith in the Knights potentially coming good and, and having a few Supercoach relevant players come 17. But until they show some form, I just can't go near them. I'll, I'll have my eye on you know Clemmer and, and maybe Barnett going into round 17. But even then, like Kurt Mann's back on the bench, so I'm not sure what sort of minutes Barnett will get. Uh, Clemmer, 
you know, I speak about him most weeks, but he just bores me as a super coach player. I want a front row with a bit of a ceiling who can score tries. Uh, but look, if Clem keeps punching out 70s back-to-back weeks, which he's been doing for a while now, uh, he'll be hard to ignore come round 17, but I wouldn't be going early on anyone at the Knights. So as it stands right now, would you rather have Clemmer or Haas? I mean, I'd buy Clemmer ahead of Haas because yeah. I think he plays better minutes going into 17 and sort of round 18, but I wouldn't sell Haas to get Clemmer. Yeah, okay. Makes sense. Uh, let's move to the Penny Panthers, mate. Uh, obviously, a number of guys that will hopefully back up here, but, I mean, fuck do the Panthers need anyone to back up? Realistically, they can bring in this reserve grade side once again. You can see on the extended bench there, Robert Jennings, Sean O'Sullivan, Jermaine Hopgood, Spencer Lenu, Charlie Staines, Kurt Falls. Uh, they are ready to p- replace all these guys at, a, at the drop of the hat. I'm not expecting probably Liam Martin and Isaiah Yo to back up. Cleary and Luai, I mean, you'd have to assume they're there, but if they're not, um, I mean, it really doesn't impact us all that much regardless, does it? It doesn't really, and as you said, it's a bit of a joke how much depth this squad has got and how good the blokes are going that are slotting into their position. So, look, the fact that it's on Sunday, I expect the majority of them to back up. Maybe not, say, Isaiah. Martin's playing off the bench forage and won't play huge minutes barring injury, so I expect him to back up. Isaiah, yo, he'll probably play big minutes for the Blues, so he's one who could definitely get a rest. In fact, he's every chance of getting a rest. Nathan Cleary is just really going to want to play. I can see him backing up, but as you said, if he does get rested, everyone's got him. It doesn't really change much. In fact, what it would do is it would give us a lot easier skipper decision this week because it's sort of Nico Hines and Nathan Cleary, and uh, it's a very tough one. Um, yeah, anyway, plethora of options, isn't there? Yeah, I mean, mate, the one positive for, I guess, someone like yourself, if Luai and Cleary are rested, uh, big win for Appy Curacao owners. Big win for Appy and... These are the sort of the weeks that uh, we say round 14 and round 18 are two of the real tricky ones that we often overlook a little bit because we're so focused on the major buy round. But people who have planned for depth and have a, a stronger 25, squad of 25 than others, I'm happy to see blokes get rested, mate, because I'm pretty comfortable with the guys that I'll bring into my 17 as a result, whereas a lot of these sides who aren't as well prepared, they, you know, they're going to be really short on and be playing blokes that they really don't want to. So... As far as I'm concerned, the more resting is the better. Mate, let's move to the late game on Sunday night, 6.15. We've got the New Zealand Warriors taking on the Cronulla Sharks, with, of course, Monday being a public holiday, so there will be some sore heads there. Speaking of sore heads, the New Zealand Warriors uh, sacked their coach today. Uh, it's been it's been very controversial, to say the least. Warriors, uh, they obviously played in round 13. I've got a couple of guys from here. I've got Reese Walsh. I've got Jazz. I've got Aitken. A lot of those guys I will move on, if not this week, over the next few weeks. Um, can you even look at anyone from this side? Josh Curran comes back in Jersey 14. We might get him cheap over the next few weeks. But, mate, does anyone interest you here? Uh, not so much interest me, but mate, your little uh, Reese Walsh flyer, not too bad. The big one from about three or four weeks ago. He averaged, what, early 50s for you. Got you through round 13, earned a bit of money. Not too bad. Yeah, no, I'll take it. I'm just getting his numbers up now. I think I had him for five weeks altogether. So he went, yeah, he went 57, 76, 50, 56, 52. So take that. he probably pushed into about the 57, 58 mark. But 
Um, mate, I guess you, you will remember that the week I got him, a lot of people brought in Turbo for more than double the money and got absolutely <laughs> fisted there. So, yeah. um, mate, I would call the Reese Walsh experiment a success. Didn't go under 50 over that entire period. Yeah, no, I'll pay that one, mate. And just the other ones, at, you mentioned you, you're probably going to sell you an eight, can you reckon? That's interesting. Mate, I'm having a look at it. His numbers are just a little bit up and down. I, I think he's good, but I just – I wonder if there's money, that money I could use elsewhere. Would you be holding him? I mean, I, I'm not convinced either way. You know, I drafted him very early this year, so I am high on Aitken. What are your thoughts? I think he's – like, I can see why he'd trade, but he's averaging 60. He has the – that dual CT dub second row forward positioning this year is so key because – Everyone's got, not everyone, a lot of people have uh, Tago and Talakai as well. So the ability to switch these blokes in and out is so handy. Uh, you know, there's a couple of 40s in there, but to average 60 this season, he's had one ton, he's got a 90 in there. I, I wouldn't rush to sell him. Yeah, that's fair. I, I guess he has got low ownership, and I'm sure that ownership will be lower over the next few weeks. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there will be a lot of people that will sell him, but... Yeah, I've probably got to think about that. Mate, I'd love to see a change in the halves here. And with Stacey Jones coming in, uh, it's worth noting that Ronald Volkman, he's in Jersey 23. I mentioned on the Bloke podcast this week, he uh, he wasn't named in anything last week. And then I think it was Saturday morning, they snuck him onto a Queensland Cup team list. Now he's in Jersey 23. So one to keep an eye on there, Volkman. He could be very interesting for the back end of the season. You love a bit of the Volk, don't you? Oh, mate, absolutely <laughs> love the Volk. So, yeah, keep an eye on him. And if you're not, I'll be reminding you every fucking week. Don't worry about that. Mate, the Cronulla Sharks, uh, another side that plays in round 17. Um, mate, this back line, there are a heap of options here. I think I had a question about just about every single one of these guys this week on the Q&A. Uh, Nico Hines, obviously a weapon. He will come back and play this week. The one that interests me, though, is Cam McInnes. I think I'm going to move to him. What are your in- what are your thoughts on this sharky side for seven eight? There's so many options, aren't there? Uh, and it's just bolstered by the fact they play the Warriors, Titans, and Bulldogs the next three weeks into an Origin depleted Melbourne side in round seventeen. So they just they just scream pick me, don't they? Like even if the Sharks do regress a little bit, and aren't quite what they've been at, at stages early on in the year. Um, you know, Cam McInnes getting back to, to bigger minutes there. Every game he plays back for that ACL injury, he gets through more and more work. Uh, Ronaldo Mulitalo, he's a bloke who is very try-reliant, but with that stretch of games coming up, he's, his base is only 24, so it's not great, but he busts a lot of tackles, uh, does not offload, hates an offload, but gets through a lot of runs, scores a lot of tries because the Sharky's ball movement is so good. Like, even this season... 13 in round one against the Raiders, then 14 against the Eels, missed round three, and then he's just basically gone 70 plus every game except for 124. So he has two tons. Uh, we know he can go high, and mate, I really want to find a way to get him into my team this week, despite being 607k. Mate, I am still getting messages. Who do I sell Sifatalakai to? Mate, oh. I personally just think he's a hot. I think you just keep him in the CTWs. He's going to do a job every single week, and at some point, he's he's. I guarantee he's going to score two hundreds before the end of the season. It will happen. Keep getting it, and it's just like I thought. 
I thought it'd stop happening after round 13 because people would be thinking, oh, he's not playing 13 and I can get a player in. Like, all right, so be it, whatever. But even then we said keep him. He's now playing round 17 and the next major buy round with that soft draw coming up. He could get three tons in the next three weeks. Mate, he, he, he could get five in the next five weeks. He could get 10 in the next 10 fucking yeah. weeks. No, I just, I can't, yeah, I, I can't. Anyway, if you're listening, please go and sell him. Please, for the love of God, go and sell him. Do us all a favour. It's just bizarre. Uh, mate, Braley McInnes, I think I'm thinking going to move to McInnes this week. Have you got one that you prefer here? Look, M- McInnes is the obvious option. Um, he averaged, what was it? Where were he got? He's 76 points in 2020. Obviously, didn't play a game in 2021. He's 555K, so he's not cheap, but you know he's at a decent rate. Coming back into bigger minutes, I, I think those minutes will only increase. He's the, the one, but like Brayley just quietly is ticking along so nicely under the radar this year. He's a bit cheap at 507K, averaging 57, but I mean, he's locked into an 80-minute role. He's coming off scores of 61 and 91. Some decent attacking upside there, particularly with the soft run of games, so... I don't think many are going to go to Braley. So as far as pod hunters are going, I think he's, he's every bit the call. Um, I'd go to McInnes, but I don't mind Braley at all. Yeah, I don't mind him, but he just – he's another one. He's, he's a bit similar to um, Appy for me. He's just a little bit too close to a 35 or 40-point score for me. So I think I'm going to move to Cam McInnes. I think he'll be a guy that I will happily hold uh, until the back end of the season. Mate, is there anyone else in the Sharkies you want to touch on? At the Sharkies, uh, well, honestly, you can make a, you can make a case for a ridiculous amount of them. Um, Sione Katoa is 100k cheaper and in a very similar mould to Muli Talo. Hasn't quite got the amount of attacking stats as he has this year, but when everyone goes to Muli Talo, if you're looking to jump some rankings, Katoa can go big as well. Jesse, Jesse Ramian has been rock solid this year. Uh, he's obviously missed those three weeks in return from suspension, but he's averaging 59 has that beautiful run of games where he could score really well. Base it. He's only based 27 this year, which is surprising because he's had one of the best bases of a CT dub uh, for many years now. So I expect that to go up in time. And then the other one who, look, with Mam coming in, I don't see how I can fit anyone else in my half fullback area. But Will Kennedy, was he's, he's averaging 50 for the season, but his last two games, he's scored minus two points and minus 10 points. Prior to that, he was averaging about 65, 70, break-even 158. In in like two or three weeks, he could be about 340K, and he's a bloke who essentially would average about 65 for the year. So, you know, I've, I've seen worse flyers than that at the price. Right, let's move to the Canterbury Bulldogs and the Parramatta Eels, 4 o'clock Monday. Uh, Jake Avrillo at fullback scored 50-odd last week, looked really good, but... Uh, I've actually had a few questions about him this week. This Canterbury team, they're, they're just too shit, aren't they? You just can't do it. <laughs> like, let's call it what it is. You didn't want to sugarcoat that one, mate. No, no. Let's not beat around the bush. I love Avarillo and yeah. I called for this one about three weeks ago, so I'm happy to see it. But especially when you – like, he's halfback 5'8". I mean, it's so hard to fit anyone in those spots. If you were going to go to Avarillo, I would personally say go to Ezra Mayer. Yeah, not Kenan Avarillo, mate. Matty Burton, anyone who did jump on him for round 13, well done. He's got a three-round average of about mid-80s. Uh, wouldn't be buying him this week, though. And then Maxi King has done his job for us. And Jacob Kiraz, he's another one in the uh, Tui Pilotu and Cooler mould who can go any time in the next few weeks. 
Mate, one guy I want to ask you about, and he's a few weeks down the road, realistically, uh, Raymond Fitella Mariner. He's coming in at 360K at the moment. Uh, He played 52 minutes on the weekend. Hopefully, he keeps his limited minutes up, and then hopefully around 18, 19 onwards, he can sort of force his way into um, a full-time 80-minute back row spot. You look at from 18 onwards, they go South Sydney, Gold Coast, Newcastle, Cowboys, Warriors. Um, With Newcastle, Warriors... Titans in there. I mean, it's not a bad run after that. Could he be a guy that you look at in the future? I love a bit of Ray Ray, but I won't be going near him, A, because, again, he plays for the Bulldogs, which is not necessarily always an issue with forwards who can get through their work. Um, but the fact is, like, like, I don't think he's a keeper. He'd be a great money maker at bottom dollar when he does uh, bottom out, not bottom dollar when he does bottom out at say three twenty, three thirty k. Could easily go back to sort of five hundred k. But by the time we'd be considering that in say a month's time in round eighteen, uh, money's not going to be an issue. So I can't see him being relevant. But uh, yeah, just a little bit too late on him. Matey, I reckon he could be an interesting one because we know Canterbury once all the pressures off them and the season doesn't matter. They tend to play some footy over the last few years at the back end, and I reckon now they've got a team that can actually play despite what they've shown us this year. But, um, yeah, no, you, you put up a pretty fair argument against him. Um, is there anyone else from this Canterbury side that interests you, mate? I doubt there is. Not, a, anyone that not a chance, mate. No. no. Well, we've got our good mate, Davida Pango Jr., just in time for <laughs> round 13 to fist everyone. He returns in jersey 23. So, uh, mate, is that one of the great bullet dodges by us of all time or what isn't isn't it just the story of tpj and Supercoach? like no matter how well he's going or poor he's going he just always finds a way to screw you over i've been saying all year you know just wait on him wait on him wait on him because he always finds a suspension or an injury or something uh and he's done it to us again this year when we needed him fortunately as you said we dodged him but he just him and Jazz Tavung is the other one. No matter how good they're looking, something always goes wrong. And the same happened to Jazz. So yeah, we dodged that one. Yeah, same old narrative. Parramatta, mate. Uh, they're a side that will play in round seventeen, and uh, an interesting one has popped up here. You've got Sevo on the wing. Apparently, he has been braining it in New South Wales Cup. I believe he's relatively cheap too off the dome. As I scramble to get his price up, uh, does he interest you at all? 486k, mate. Got him up here and uh, he will, it's yeah. Cheap, is it? <laughs> uh, it's not, but, you know, in the past couple of years where we've seen these outside backs hit 7, 750k, you look at 48, 486 and go, all right, well, if in his first two games back uh, he looks good and, and comes back from that injury pretty well, then, you know, it's certainly not out of reach. Um, yeah, he will interest me on the end of a pretty red hot Eels back line and one that. I wouldn't go early on, but for round 17, he, he could be a huge play. Dylan Brown, is he a must-have for the run home? He's not because, as I said, just the halves are so stacked. Like He's only available at 5'8". I've currently got uh, Cody Walker and Cam Munster there, as a lot of us do. Uh, I would prefer Dylan Brown in my team than Cody Walker, but I'm also not going to trade Cody Walker to him at this stage. So... If he could jag that dual CT dub five eight status, it'd be massive. Because imagine slotting D bags in at centre. Yeah, it'd be unreal. I don't know if he gets it or not, but it'd be unreal. I'll just say this on Parramatta. I know a lot of people will be loading up on them for round seventeen or keen on them, mate. They play the Tigers at Leichhardt Oval. I kind of feel like this game could be a little bit of a trap. Are you, are you on my train or not? 
Yeah, for sure. Well, I mean, what they'll be missing for Origin, Junior Paulo, Regan Campbell-Gillard. If there's any injuries to the hookers up in Queensland, potentially a Reed Marnie, Ryan Madison. Ryan Madison, yeah. Um, that's a lot of blokes out. So, uh, you know, Tigers at Leichhardt, no matter how poorly they're going in a season, we know they can lift for that one. And the Tigers, who may not be missing anyone to Origin duty, or won't be, um, yeah, it, it could be a little bit uh, awkward. Are you expecting Madison to back up for this one? I do, but... I I mean, it'll all come down to how many minutes he plays for the Blues, but let's say he plays anywhere from 30 to 50 minutes. The thing is, he's got a five-day turnaround, doesn't he? It's about as good as it gets, or it is as good as it gets for Origin players. I, I can't see him playing that sort of 65 minutes that he has been playing, but he only needs 50 to score well. We've seen that. So I wouldn't be buying. I've seen a lot are buying this week, but I wouldn't be buying until sort of round 19. But yeah. Mate, is there anyone outside of the halfback? I don't want you to touch on him yet because we have got a question about him. I don't know if you were going to or not, but leave Mitch Moses for now. Is there anyone else in this Parramatta side you want to get to? They're, they're all just huge watches for me, to be honest. Yeah. Like, I've got um, Reed Marnie is a sneaky hooker on my radar that I wouldn't go into round 17, but I don't mind him. Clint Gutherson, I won't be able to fit him into my team, but this time every year, he always crops up into a bit of relevance. So he's a sneaky pod. Uh, a lot of close watches in the next few weeks. Mate, should we dive into some questions? I think that some of these questions will point to some uh, some pretty hot topics for a lot of people. Should we dive into those? I reckon we should, mate. All right, the first one comes from at Noah Buxton of Matty Buxton fame. Can we enough yet? Now, um, I per- and I'll be very interested to hear what you think. And as I said off the top, this is where uh, having yourself, I think it's going to pay for itself at the back end of the season. I think sometimes people overthink uh, when to nuff and whatnot throughout a season. I think I've already done it with one spot a few weeks ago. What are your thoughts about nothing now? I have always been strong, strongly against it uh, at, at all, really, until the real back end of the season when we're just freeing up that bulk cash for a big trade. I, I just think... With everything from injuries to HIAs to crackdowns on on head knocks and suspensions or high shots leading to suspensions, origins, um, all these potential outs, restings in the back end of the season, my approach is just always, particularly the last couple of years with all these situations arising, is to field as strong as a 25-man squad as you can. And it just means that if all these things happen, you're covered and one bloke's out, you can bring another gun in. Another bloke's out, another bloke comes in. Rather than scrapping at someone like a, a cooler or a tabuai fido to come in and play in your 17 on a week where they're playing Penrith and, and you're terrified. So, look, I understand the need to get freeing up these big amounts of money, but I think we've earned enough cash that you don't really need to nuff, at least not yet. Um, as I said, not for me, but there's a lot of very wise super coach heads out there who, who are more than willing to nuff at this stage. So I don't want to turn you against it, but my approach is not to sort of even consider nuffing until at least after round 18 or 19. I'm on the nuff train. I am definitely on the nuff train. We'll see how it plays <laughs> out for us. The next one comes from at KO Optimal Performance. Is it worth moving Harry Grant on now? I've already said a few times I'm going to move to Cam McInnes this week. I just I've got Harry Grant coming into Origin. I've got him already carrying a groin injury. I've got the Melbourne Storm with Brandon Smith on the bench. I just don't think he plays many 80 minute games. He might not play many games full stop uh, over the next few weeks. What are your thoughts on this one? Yeah, I mean, last week was just really the obvious time to sell him, and and I I do 
think he's still probably a sell this week. I don't think he'll start falling this week despite being named there. Uh, I would look to sell. The only way I wouldn't is if maybe the Melbourne playing the third game of the week. So if we get to Saturday, Saturday 5.30 and Harry Grant does start in that final team list, all right, you hold him and then maybe he becomes a, a bit of a pop, a bit of a pod for us over the next few weeks or those who did hold. It also means you don't have to burn a trade to get him out and then in again sort of round 19. Um, but it's as simple as that. If he's benched, I'd sell him. If he starts, uh, I'd hold on to him. Mate, our next question, this one comes from Jay Sunders 16 He says, Drinky to Moses as a pod this week. Uh, just on Drinky, if, if you did get on him with me, obviously plays the Dragons this week. I'm going to hold him for that matchup. He's then got Manly and the Brisbane Broncos. So not terrible matchups realistically. Uh, plays Manly at Manly. That'll be tough, but... You know, this manly side, I, I personally think they could fall apart at any moment. Then he plays the Broncos up there in North Queensland. So it's three games that I still think he could be a bit of a pod play over the next few weeks. I'm definitely not going to sell him this week. I'll have a look at him in 15. But the idea of moving to Mitch Moses, uh, I'm not as keen as as a lot of people on Parramatta in round 17. What are your thoughts on Mitch Moses? Uh, I quite like Moses as a buy, but he's another one where – Myself, and I would imagine a lot of people would really struggle to squeeze him into their team. Averaging 69, a good matchup this week against the Doggies, and I'm sure that's what's tempting this fella this week. Then plays the Roosters and then the Bunnies, who are a little or very hit on miss sort of thing. So, look, I just don't see why you'd be selling drinky at this point. I, I think he's a borderline keeper. Uh, he very well mm. may be a sell before round 17, but he's just turned up and he's looking sublime. If you take out his 12 against Penrith two weeks ago, which is irrelevant to me, basically anyone that plays Penrith, um, he's just had an exceptional season. And basically, as far as the eye test goes, I'd be holding on to Drinky and reassessing whether he's a season-long keeper or a sell in two weeks' time. Mate, I'm just having a look at Drinky's run home. I mean, over the next 12 weeks, he, he does play the Dragons. He plays them twice. He plays the Tigers. He plays the Bulldogs. He plays the Warriors as well. I mean, he might be sort of a plug-and-play um, week to week for the back end of the season. That's it, mate. Sit him for, for the game against Penrith in round 25 if you need to. Uh, if you need to sit him for potentially the Roosters in round 22, although that's not too terrifying, you can do it and, and alleviate sort of the risk of him scoring his 20 or 30. But with the form he and the Cowboys are in, I don't think he will score them. I think he'll be fine. Mate, I mean, outside of the Panthers, um, I mean, the teams that do worry you, Rabbitohs, Roosters, Cronulla, None of them are looking as scary now as they were a few weeks ago. I mean, even the Broncos, they're looking good, but they're still conceding a fair whack of points. Exactly right. I'll be a little terrified watching on as a non-owner at least the next few weeks. Mate, can I ask you a question just on this one? We just spoke about halfbacks. Nico Hines, uh, we get to round, I don't know, 22. We're on the real home stretch here. Where do you ideally want to have Nico Hines, at fullback or in the halfback? Oh, it, it all depends on, on what's happening at that time of year. Like, <laughs> switching him between half and fullback is so dependent on on what's happening with injuries and these sort of things. But the way I, I see it is he and Nath Cleary are far and above the best halfback options. And then at fullback, when he's back and, and firing, Pappenhausen along with probably Teddy are going to be far and above the best fullback options. So I see him as, as being at halfback for my side. It becomes really interesting, that fullback position, now that you take Turbo out of it. Pappy's the obvious one, but then... You know, the next one, there will be options of, you know, chucking a Luttrell or Teddy. There there are, you know, a Scotty Drinkwater. There are a few guys that you could go there. I think that's going to go a long way to deciding 
who wins um, Supercoach this year or who who finishes in the top 100-odd. Yeah, that'll be that little, as you said there, the, the end-of-season flyer, won't it? Someone willing to trade, say, a, a Teddy who, as brilliant as he is, you know, he, he's got a couple of 40s in him on his day. So if you were to switch him to someone, one of them blokes you mentioned with a really good run who all have ceilings of 150-plus, uh, that, that could be really interesting in the back end of the year. Mate, this one comes from Chris LaRosa, and I think you sort of, you sort of already answered this one. Should I wait on Maddo till after Origin? Yeah, I, I think so, mate. I just see him playing fewer minutes over the next sort of – just because Paramount have so much depth in their pack. Like, they've got Madison coming off the bench. They have Nathan Brown coming off the bench. Uh, it's ridiculous. So they've got this luxury of, of not playing in massive minutes, uh, and, and I just – I don't – I wouldn't be going near him until round – 19, I'd say. But at the same time, if you own him, I wouldn't have any concerns, but I just wouldn't be buying him. Our next one comes from Taylor Mark. Do we prep as hard for 17 as we did for 13? Personally, unless I can fit 13 weeks in the next fucking three, I know I won't be. <laughs> um, what are your thoughts? Uh, you, look, I'm going hard at them, but that's it's been a sort of a long-term plan in that I wanted to go hard over the buy period and save up those boosts, which I now have. So I'll be going hard at them. It really comes down to how many trades you've got left. If you're overall focused and you've got, say, anywhere from 17 to 20 trades, you're in a decent position to have a crack. If you've got sort of 16 or below, you need to be a little bit more cautious about saving a few trades up uh, and banking them for the run home. Mate, last question from Stevie Hebner, 69. Are all round 17 targets keepers? Can you afford to bring anyone in in round 17 that's not a keeper? Good question from Stevie Boy, SC Playbook contributor there. Uh, one of the great draft men. Bit of a vague question, to be fair, Steve, but <laughs> I, I see what he's saying. Round 13 being so far out from the end of the season with a lot of trades left, you can bring in blokes like Robson and Appy Coruscant who probably aren't season-long keepers. Round 17, yeah, you do want to focus more so on blokes that you won't have to trade out of your team and can have for the run home. There might be the odd exception, but it, yeah, it now becomes a case of, yeah, if I'm bringing someone in, are they in my team till the end of the season? Yeah, Stevie Hebner there, one of the great draft minds, definitely one of the most successful in our competition by far and away. Mate, let's have a look at captaincies uh, for this week before we hit the frog and toad. Um, who, who are you looking at here? Who stands out to you? Look, I had been tossing up Hines and Cleary, but the more we sort of talk about it, the, the risk with Cleary, obviously, is backing up from Origin that, if and more likely when Penrith get out to a bit of a lead against the Knights, there's every chance that he goes to the bench. Uh, you know, they, they've got options there. Mitch Kenny can come on at hooker. Appy can go into the halves. So he very well may play 80 and score 250 points. Made me eat my words. But I just think Nico Hines against the Warriors, who are just so crook, uh, he should be fresh, provided he doesn't get on in origin for many minutes there, if any is 18th man. So I think it's Nico Hines for me. Yeah, I think goal-kicking against the Warriors, it's just too good, isn't it? He'll be absolutely humming coming out of that week or so in Origin Camp too, so I reckon Nico's in for a big one. I'm looking at uh, I'm looking at Scotty Drinkwater once again, first game of the week as a VC, could be juicy. Yeah, love that. If I owned him, I think I'd have the VC on him. Uh, unfortunately, I do not. So for me, I'm not real confident in him or his team, but Cody Walker's probably the best bet for me against the Titans who are also pretty ordinary up on the Gold Coast there on Saturday. So Cody's another who, I wouldn't call it an origin snubbing, but he'd be sitting there going, you know, I, I want to show that I'm still thereabouts with the best of the best. So I think Cody can hopefully find a bit of form uh, and maybe be a loop opportunity, but it'll have to be a big score to go over Nico in that game. 
Let's not pretend like we have to make up a reason for Cody Walker to play fucking footy, right? Oh, it's been a long time coming. Come on, come on, boy. I, I love when he just picks out his, his opposition half. Doesn't matter who it is, whether it's Joey Johns or fucking Brad Schneider, and just goes at him. <laughs> I have so much time for that, man. <laughs> oh, mate, unreal. Uh, mate, that will do us for beers and break evens, unless there's anything else you've got that you want to touch on. I reckon we've covered it all right this week, mate. We've done well. Uh, apologies, guys. There is no YouTube this week. We've gone uh, via the computer this week. Uh, just a scheduling little clash there because we have got the live show tomorrow, so there's been a lot of prep there. Uh, myself, Timmy, and Denon Kemp, we will be on at 5 p.m. from the Locker Room Hotel. Uh, so if you are going out there to Game 1, make sure you get there early. Come and see us. We'll be on at 5. Gates will open at 4, and I think it's going to absolutely shit in by about 4.05. So try and be there as early as you can. And if you see myself or Timmy, uh, come up and say hello. We'll have a few beers with you tomorrow night. Uh, talk a bit of Supercoach, talk a bit of NRL, and then we're going to roll it into the Origin game. Mate, what's your prediction for the Origin game? Uh, are New South Wales going to get it done? Uh, I, I, Mate, I, you'll never hear the words Queensland winning come out of my mouth. So I, I think the Blues will get it done. And uh, just for anyone that is out there, I think the guru, guru actually told me off air that he'd be shouting anyone who who came and found him after the live show. So hold him to that because he's, uh, he's a very honest man and I'm, I'm sure he won't let you down. Mate, the guru doesn't shout on roller coasters, let alone <laughs> um, Guys, thank you for joining us once again on Beers and Break Evens, brought to you by Bloke in a Bar. Just a reminder for that live show again tomorrow night. Come and join us, and we will be back in studio uh, next week to deal with all the carnage that was round 14, all the ins and the outs, and hopefully uh, myself and Timmy can hang on to our rank. If you haven't already, guys, go and listen to the Supercoach Playbook podcast this week. Uh, that would have dropped last night for you guys to have a listen to. A pretty good episode there, Timmy. Happy days, mate. Up the blues. Up the blues. See you, guys.